0: welcome to episode 121 of the never iron anything comics review podcast Uh, this week we are returning to the round table format as we enjoyed it what about a month ago so much and i'm joined again by the um nia version of the usual gang of idiots Uh, with me i have alan e henderson and amon who me clark hello guys hello guys Good. How have you been, both of you?
1: Good. Yes, it doesn't. Time flies when you've got uh, nothing to do other than read comics. So that's, uh...
0: <laughs> no, yeah. We're still stuck in lockdown, aren't we? Really. In <laughs> our minds, sitting there reading comics in the evening, not going out. What about you, Eamon? You've been yeah. busy? Yeah, I've been the uh, I've been the mad,
2: uh, Al's the bad, and one of us is dangerous to know. But yes, I've been, <laughs> been doing all right, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Been all uh, keeping very busy, and as you say, both of you, just, you know, like, we've been reading lots of comics, reading lots of books. Um,
0: Yeah, so many books, so many comics. There's a lot involved in this one, isn't there? So um, let's get started, and um, I think I'll say what it is this week. So um, this week's a roundtable of what Tom Spurgeon um, describes as the greatest example of the medium. Yes, it's Mad Magazine, which is quite a challenge. Um, Currently, sadly, now only really in, in reprint. Um, and we're going to discuss the many highs and the very few lows of the book, Um, and then we're going to have a little focus on a couple of the artists. There's too many artists. If you say, oh, he didn't mention this one, it's probably because there's hundreds of eyes. so we probably might not mention maybe your favourite, but we're certainly going to try and cover quite a few of them. Um, Let me direct the first question at you, um, Alan E. Newman. Um, What was your first exposure to the book, dude? Can you remember? I
1: really don't. So it's... Or the, the memory I have of it relates very much to holidays, yeah. I think. Because um, MAD's never been something that I bought on a regular basis or, or anything like that. But I do remember going to various holiday homes and, and things while, um, while, while a kid and it being the sort of thing that was there. So it was almost the sort of thing that the person who'd been staying in whichever sort of holiday home
0: okay. the week
1: before had read it and then left it behind, you know, because it was that sort of transient thing. Yeah. Um, and I certainly remember reading some of them very much again, not getting a lot of the satire-type jokes or anything like that, but, you know, they're, they're really enjoying some of the really silliness that that's within it. Um, and the fact that there was that mix of going, well, clearly there's things in here that, aren't yeah. for me but thing, things that are so it's it, it probably relates back so that would be what late late 70s um okay. early 80s type type thing you know so being a proper young kid at the time um, yeah. and just that that holiday connection
0: yeah okay yeah i, I was just speaking to sarah harris earlier and she says she remembers it from the the dentist it was always there yeah it's that yeah. same
1: sort of same sort of sort of feel yeah what about you i mean what about
0: you mate uh well quick family story
2: for mine because when i talked to you about calvin and Hobbes, i said calvin and Hobbes was like our family comic yeah and i remember growing up in the 70s that we used to have mad magazine in our house so i did an interview for you tony i interviewed my mother in her 80s (laughs) and basically she worked in the 70s she worked in the news agents in birmingham airport oh wow and the deal was that when the new magazine the new issue came in they could get they could obviously take the old ones if there were still left so she used to bring home mad magazine and her and my dad were big fans of it so we used to have it in the 70s oh wow she did tell me that she also brought home another magazine that we weren't supposed to know about um
0: but oh. we did oh okay <laughs> they yeah. read it for the articles but that's another <laughs>
2: podcast.
0: as we all did yeah, yeah yeah oh that's great man that's a great little story have you got any sort of memories of any particular strips from back then have you or... so the what i i mean i remember the fold ins yeah um, i remember yeah i remember the marginals
2: which we're going to talk about i think i was going to talk about in a moment yeah spy versus spy the weird um anatomy of don martin's cartoons which i'm going to talk about i don't think i got a lot of the sort of movie and tv parodies i remember there being you know, they—I mean—they would—they would UK version Mad Magazine, but even yeah. so, there'd be American TV parodies which Nearly we did Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then the other thing I remember very quickly is—and I've got a couple of them here on the desk now—is that the the very cheap pulpy paperbacks yes. they would put out. And again, my family used to have, used to have the mad paperbacks and we used to have, the other one would be the Charles Schultz Peanuts Yes, paperbacks. us too. Yeah. And, you know, very cheap paper stock, very, I should imagine, very cheap and easy to produce. Um, and they bashed those out. And yeah, we've got, I've got a couple back there from um, the wonders that's eBay. So that's us, basically. Oh, cool. My family in the
0: 70s and my mum bringing them home from the newsagent. Oh, nice. Because I think there was over 100 of those paperbacks in the end, you know was that? right i didn't i didn't yeah. realize until recently that they actually contain new material as well
1: oh okay interesting.
0: yeah hmm. um any, any particular things that stuck out for you i mean to me i used to get them at the news agents you know they used to they, they're almost like separate from comics all well, the american comics we were buying at the time you know you used to see them elsewhere on the shelf for me
1: yeah well there were different size as well yeah. i think that would, would be part of that so i mean in terms of when people say mad to me, the, the first things that always spring into my mind there's obviously Alfred E. Newman. That's yep. the that, that that's the thing that's there. Yes, there's it, it's all about parody. So or the, there's always a parody story in it. Yep. In every in every magazine. So it, it does come down to what's your feelings with regards to the, the source material that's being parodied as yes. to whether you get it so or So sometimes
0: for us, it was like Superman so, the movie and we'd be over the moon about yeah. it. And then it would be some obscure TV series in America that hadn't made it to us yet. We might be, what's this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then the other thing that every time, or my immediate thing that I jump to every time I think of Mad Magazine is square word balloons. Right. And I've no idea why that, because <laughs> I don't remember seeing square word balloons in any other comic That's you true. know other than yeah. than mad and so it's just one of these things that that, that sticks in my mind and goes what well, you know think of mad what do you think of it's square word balloons and i think um, i remember
0: I, the the parody stuff those word balloons were pretty wordy as well there was a lot of words on the yeah. page you know mm. yeah interesting yeah. well let's give a little um potted history to start with and it will lead into some other stuff so mad magazine founded in 1952 um as you all have heard us mention on our previous bernie krigstein episode mad began as an ec comic book and ran for a good couple of years in that original comic book style format um, under Harvey Kurtzman. Um, now, I don't know what your guys' research has turned up, but to me, I found a couple of different reasons that it became a magazine from a comic. And a couple of them seemed to say that it was a sort of Wortham curse. And a couple of them said, no, that was happening anyway. Um because what what they did is if magazines weren't weren't applicable to the Comics Code Authority, so they didn't have to be reviewed by the Comics Code Authority. In this sort of weird twist of fate, you know, um, and a lot of people thought that's why it happened. But I think later on Gaines said no, it was just going that way anyway. Did
1: did you see anything other than that, guys? So for for me, it was all about the the, the comics or the Comics yeah. Code piece that I was. Here. But it, I think it was more just that the the company generally at that point was just more fine. We'll just move everything to to magazine format. Okay, and the I think it was partially to do with the timing as well. When when Mag really, really launched out, that it, it was, yeah. Let's just make it a magazine. We can just get on with it.
0: Yeah, I think so. And it's kind of what we know it is mad now. Um, the origins of the actual title are much argued about, but and the years between Kurtzman and Gaines as to who thought of it. Um, I don't know if I've ever got to a sort of definitive um, reason for that about it being called that um Kurtzman um wrote and drew as well and um he hit him and the later pr- probably and much longer run and probably slightly more famous as an editor al feldstein had an almost very different approach to it the initial comic um had um, a little run of artists we had will elder wally wood john severin jack davis harvey kurtzman as well as bernie krigstein um a lot of people who were working on the ec comics worked in the initial run of it but when we got feldstein later on onto the magazine, he kind of um, deepened the bench um, so you've got people like I know we're going to talk about in a minute, Don Martin Frank Jacobs, Mort Drucker Dave Berg, Antonio Projais, uh, Sergio, Al Jaffe and a lot of other people um, do you have any memories I know you mentioned on the little whatsapp group Super Duper Man didn't you um, Eamon, is, is, was that a favourite of yours that little period or well I mean Super Duper Man is always the one that
2: gets brought up which yeah. is Wally Wood isn't it, yeah and it's, it's, I don't know if it's the first um, notable parody of superhero comics, but it certainly is the one that always gets the attention. It's reprinted in this um, History of, of Mad magazine yeah. by Maria Rydellback that
0: I've got with me here. It's, and the, um, in the one I showed you earlier, Mad about the 50s, as well. It's, it's in there as well. Yeah. Right. And people like, for instance, you know, friend of the
2: podcast, Alan Moore. Um, <laughs> Uh, and Dave Gibbons often cite Super Duperman as looking at some of the more sort of, um, how would you put it, some of the more day-to-day dreariness of being Superman and, and coping yeah. with that. And that influenced, you know, because Mad Magazine influences loads of creators oh, that God, we yeah. know and love. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And yeah, Super Duperman, that first parody. And I think it got them, well, I don't know if it was their first lawsuit, but yeah. as ever, they got yeah, into though, trouble. They? Yeah, They yeah. did. Yeah. Well, speaking I mean, of... History, um, go on, mate, Sorry. Well, I was going to say, the history of Mad Magazine is a long history of lawsuits. It's a bit like Private Eye on this side yeah. of the Atlantic, isn't it? You know, yeah,
0: definitely. Always been sued. Yeah, and we're, we're going to mention a few of them as we go along, I'm sure. Yeah, there's some quite funny ones. Um, but speaking of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, well, I remember we had a little exchange on the WhatsApp group because the, was it was a time-twister story in 2000 AD. You'll know better than me um Chrono chronocops and, yeah there was a time chronocops. twister yeah yeah so chronocops is actually they're actually two characters that come from an early mad magazine story the two detectives which I hadn't I'd known forgotten known forgotten found out again you know it's one of those sort of things yeah 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 so obviously heavily influenced to them I think the more you read about it, um mad magazine and EC to a certain extent the more you, re- you realize what a significant figure William Gaines was um mm. uh, he died in 92 um uh, notoriously tight you know but also in a, in a sort of completely opposite way quite generous to his staff so we ha- we had the story when we talked about the EC one about he used to take if you had 18 contributions to mad magazine um in a year you would go on the mad magazine trip um and this wasn't just like you know to the seaside in miami or something they would they went to kenya they went to um the philippines um uh, they they went to China. They went all over the place on these amazing holidays. Um, he gave evidence uh, to the Senate um, in relation to the Wortham allegations and didn't do a, a great job. Have either of you listened to that? No. No. I have heard it ages ago, and yeah. there's there's various stories
2: about his preparation for those hearings. Um, he wasn't best prepared, was he? I mean, he <laughs> yeah. he he'd, he'd taken the odd thing in order to help him
0: uh know, be be weight calm. loss or something weight loss yeah, tablets or something is that right
2: i think he'd taken amphetamines
0: basically like, totally. always a good idea before he... <laughs> you give evidence i find well
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he's a bit sweaty and anxious and um yeah yeah of course there's the famous exchange about you know
0: what would be a good taste
2: cover for a horror magazine by ec comics <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think he he walks into a corner and stays there and he just keeps denying things. Do you think there's a lot of blood? Yeah, yeah it's quite a lot of blood, but not too much. You know, it's like, it's almost like this. It just sort of goes on and on. Um, yeah, he's, he is a thoroughly interesting bloke. There's quite a few YouTube videos. Um, I think there's a 60 Minutes you can watch, which has... Um, most of Mad was staffed by freelancers, but there was that little core, Al Feldstein and Gaines and a couple of other people who were the core element of... The Mad, Mad Magazine running um, when they were based at Madison Avenue, 485 Madison Avenue, and in that the bloke from 60 Minutes is utterly out of his depth, and he's interviewing these guys, and they're just like it's it's like interviewing a load of university students, you know, or wind-up merchants. Where they point, where they actually bring us, I was saying to you earlier, they bring a drum and a cymbal into the room, so every time they do a gag, they can hit the drum, you know, um, like boom tish. You know, every time they did one, and they just they actually just tell stories about each other. There's one that says. You know how's it? I think he said, how's it? We're working with you know Mr. Gaines, and they say well we had to pause production for a day and a half because he wanted to figure out who'd made a dollar ninety two phone call, you yeah, know and stuff like this. Just genius stuff. It's really good. I'll, I'll try and stick it in the show notes. Um, yeah. So there, so there's that. The um, so we had the the origins of the title. Kurtzman oversaw the um, the the initial part of the magazine, and then he oversaw the ed, the change in editorship and the change to a magazine, and then handed it over to Al Feldstein. Um, Mad has um, we often sort of remember it as a monthly, but it's kind of fluctuated in frequency over the years. Um, sometimes a quarterly, sometimes eight times a year. Um, all different all different frequencies over the years. We sort of settled for a while. Um, in the seventies and eighties, in nineteen sixty-one, um, Gaines uh, famously um, sold the magazine to Premier Industries, who made Venetian blinds, believe it or not, um, but remained remained in place as the publisher with all kinds of um, uh, stipulations that it will uh, will run as ever. You know, um, it then later got sold to the Independent News, who were a sister company of DC Comics, so which is where they kind of sat till the the end of the normal run of it. Um, they had no advertising in it until issue 403 in March 2004, which um, was quite something, wasn't it? I really, I think.
1: Um, yeah, given that, that a lot of its original concepts or a lot of the original fun is actually the false advertising.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. So
1: it's there was one of the books I was reading which was all about the, the advertising of cigarettes. I'm like, this doesn't stand <laughs> up quite so well anymore. And, yeah. Uh, 101 different types of filter, but yeah, the fact that it lasted so long without advertising, so that it could make parody of advertising, I think was a yeah. key thing, and that, and again, that was part of the part of its ultimate demise. Maybe I don't know. Maybe
0: but, yeah, they always seem sort of outside outside the party, weren't they? Looking in through the window rather than being part of a sort of you know magazine publication. I mean, there's the th- the famous story of, um, was it Norman Mingo, who's the guy who actually drew Alfred E. Newman first? It wasn't the first time, the, we'll get onto this later, but he came in and, and wanted to create it for the cover, and he almost went home, because he thought, oh, I don't want to work for these idiots. I thought I was going into some sort of magazine job, you know? Yeah. Um, but they sort of talked him round, and he stayed. Um, yeah, I had that. Um, yeah, it's a shame that they went to advertising, but... I mean, they had been about for a long time at that point. The magazine paid a higher comparative rate to writers as they came up with many of the themes and gags and twists in it, which is an interesting one. So the page rate wasn't quite that of the eyes, but was certainly higher than, for example, a Marvel or DC writer would get. Um, sales peak was of the US version. It was issue 161 in September 1973, and that was 2.4 million copies sold. Um, I think it was the Poseidon Adventure one. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. Eamon, But was that the one that was upside down for the whole comic? Is that right? I think it was. Yeah, I think they did the whole thing
2: upside down for
0: that one. Yeah, which is of course bang on for the Poseidon adventure. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, genius. Yeah. Um, At its peak, it sold ninety-five percent newsstand sales and only five percent subscriptions, um, which is great. I mean, that would be. I mean, I think two thousand AD would love that, wouldn't they? Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eight paperbacks a year, some as we said, containing original material and three mad specials a year so it's actually hard as a mad collector keeping track of what came out because a lot of stuff gets reprinted a lot of stuff has extra material and that appears in different formats and stuff um, which is quite interesting um can i just say about the Of course man yeah because
2: I, I i shared that image from the back cover of one of the collections i bought Uh, a Bob Jones cartoon of a guy wearing a cat suit or I mean like a a furry you know dressed up as a cat about to go into a room full of dangerous vicious security dogs and it was the subscription ad you know why kill yourself subscribe to mad
0: that's right
2: and I remember that ad on so many presumably on the backs of the paperbacks or on the backs of the comic itself the magazine itself um yeah so that
0: that's Again, that's a 70s memory for me as well. You know, please yeah. subscribe. Well, it's yeah. a, the famous one year, they decided to go to Haiti on the mad trip. And the reason they went there, um, of all places in the world, is because Gaines had figured out that there was one person who subscribed in Haiti and uh, he dropped his subscription. So the whole of the mad crew went and stayed in a hotel <laughs> and went to the dude's house Um and he, he, he signed up for his subscription again. And his neighbour came out and said, what's going on? And he also subscribed at that point. So at which point Gaines <laughs> declared it was a success. And then they all went to some nice restaurant and got drunk. You know, just genius. He wrote the whole
2: thing off as a, against taxes. For <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing. It's yeah, a yeah. business trip, yeah. I mean, he's astonishing character, Gaines. As you say, that mixture of... Been very tight about an office phone call, but at the same time, taking all the crew, the usual bunch of idiots, on holiday around the world. Yeah. And there's quite, a, in the book I was reading, there's quite a few of the artists who said, you know, he used to pay you on submission, not on publication. So right. when they were sort of, they were young and, you know,
0: starving, to get actually get paid as soon as the, the stuff arrived with gains was quite a thing. Yeah. And, and paid quite well comparatively to the other comics and stuff like that, which is why I think a lot of these guys stuck with him. You know, for yeah, I mean, now Jaffey's what one hundred and one now. You know, incredible. God bless him.
1: Yeah, God bless him. Games also had his you know his, his business savvy turned on because yeah, when when Mag, Mad was being parodied itself or those imitation books coming out from from everywhere, he actually launched his own imitation of it through the <laughs> EC lines. So EC was publishing two books, one of which was you know an imitation of Mad, just so that he you know could catch that wave.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was good like that, I think. The other thing he did is he sold the licence to other countries. So as you you alluded to earlier, Eamon, there was a British version of Man magazine that occasionally had other strips in it. Um, Still didn't have any advertising. The advertising was all in-house. I think they had their own version of T-shirts and stuff like that, if you get the English. Because I think if we buy stuff on eBay, it tends to be a mixture of American and UK editions. So I've been sort of checking out the, the two different versions. But I've got the EastEnders one somewhere oh right yeah there's an eastenders mad Mm -hmm. magazine and also i was chatting to someone on the slack yesterday and um the 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 british cover which is the cover for the bionic man um which i had anyway i bought because i'm a bionic man fan um is in america they just had some sort of random banner headline on it as they used to occasionally buy this comic book or you know a sparrow will die or whatever you know they just put this silly stuff on it it didn't actually have the mort drucker design on the front of it which is quite interesting um interestingly des skin edited the british version for a while um uh, yeah he was a busy guy wasn't he, he when was he busy. just he, yeah. he had
1: his finger in every bite he he did. Did. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i was reading uh, We're hopefully i going to have him on the podcast this weekend if it all works out and the the messages he sent me that he deleted earlier earlier like three o'clock this morning aren't him cancelling um but the <laughs> who knows but the um there was a i read a i read a thing um in one of the specials which was a long article on Gaines, and it was that Gaines had fallen out with the english publisher because they had sold posters without telling him and he he really sort of tried to stop that whole um merchandising thing he didn't want it to you know even back then in the in the i think i think this was like early 80s he didn't want merchandising to go crazy or go mad (laughs) um in the as it did, as it was go, looking to go with other stuff, you know, lunchboxes and stuff like that. He wanted to keep a hold of it, and they produced these posters that he hadn't okayed. And he, I think he had a, he was, I think he was prone to um, to doing a, a mad version of the Mills bomb down the phone to someone, you know. Um, right. So he did a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, um, good. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the creators. Um, just in the in a, just tell everyone in advance of this i said look let's pick a creator and talk about it each we can each have a go at someone who really sort of stood out to us um how did you want to go first because i think he's he's certainly something that we all love and you know we're a big fan uh, it's
1: probably well, as you can see it's his work is probably best known as well to the actual to outside of the mad world because of, of other books he's done yeah so i, I picked um sergio Aragonés yeah um hooray <laughs> <laughs> you know so god, 19- another
2: god bless him.
1: yeah <laughs> you know, still with us so it's all good for that hmm. born um, 1937 in in spain um however because of the, the spanish war he had to leave with his family and um ended up in Mexico going via France and um, which actually meant when he arrived in Mexico he actually didn't speak an awful lot of Spanish he was actually a French speaker at that oh, well. point in time okay um which meant as a child he, he he spent a lot of time on his own um which led him to say that some of his best friends became pen and paper um which is why he got into the process of, of actually producing you know and starting to draw at that point in time he started working on, on cartoons and and producing that um, and, and sold some of his early or became a professional in, in Mexico, if you like, in, in 1954. And then it wasn't until 1962 he actually moved up to New York because yeah. he'd heard that basically you weren't getting any money for producing comics in, in me- or cartoons in Mexico but he'd heard that the money for Mad was good so that was his plan, to take $20 in his back pocket and just go to New York and, and hopefully make it happen. Which... Basically, I mean, he turned up on the doorstep of of Mad Magazine, not speaking an awful lot of English at that point, either. Right. And basically went in saying, I'd I'd quite like a job, please. And he he connected himself with a few of the artists there, hoping that they would actually give him the introduction. Though he was a little confused, because he'd heard that to get the money in, in America, you needed to be in syndication. That was the big thing. Okay. So he was like, kept saying, I want to join syndication. Because apparently syndication, if you translate that into Spanish, means the union. So he was trying oh. to join the union. <laughs> like, well, what he meant was, means... I'm, I'm
0: guessing he meant like newspaper strips. Did he? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's what he was really meaning. But you know, but it was this whole thing. He, he was trying to join this union of, of comic artists that didn't really exist at all. Um, but the fun thing there is, the editors looked at some of his work and they saw, you know, it wasn't necessarily something they were putting out at that point in time. But they went, you know, this is this is something we can do. We can create a two-page spread out of these cartoons that you've got, primarily about spacemen, and, and, or, and doing a NASA sort of parody thing um, as part of that. He okay. said, so that's great, we'll, you know, we'll take this. And he was paid some, some good money for him at that point in time. He said, so we'd, we'd really like some more, we like the idea that you've got for um, these policemen on bikes. Okay. And he went away and turned back up the following morning with it completed. And they're like, so they'd gone, well, sorry, is there some like a problem? Why, why have you come back to the office today? And he went, well, no, here's the next story that you wanted. <laughs> Good man. And they were expecting it to be weeks and, you know, down the line before, but, but literally he'd written it himself and produced it all. And this is one of the reasons why he ended up with the moniker of being the world's fastest cartoonist. Right, okay. And if you ever watch any of this stuff on YouTube, when he's being interviewed, there's a great interview set with Stan Lee who's talking away and stuff. Yeah. Um, or when he's done certain lectures and things. And he literally is just drawing and drawing and drawing and producing these amazing cartoons that that, that appear out of nowhere on the page, but just really, really quickly. Yeah. Cause I, I mean he's got this you know, sort of name
0: for just drawing in the margins, but it wasn't just that, was it?
1: No, no, no. That's that that was that came as a sort of sort of secondary thing in terms yeah. of it. Um and But a lot of this as well, he's doing, when you actually look at a lot of his work, it's silent comics. and I think that's partially because he's coming from this basis of saying, right, I've got multiple languages that I'm having to deal with. I don't know where, you know, to, to put some of this forward. So he's actually very much focused on saying, I'm going to produce a silent thing, yeah. and people will just get the, the comedy straight from, from the image that's out there. Part of that actually also relates back to his training, where he actually trained as a mime.
0: Oh, he trained under um, someone, didn't he? Someone famous, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, well it's it's he, he went to see Marcel Marceau and then as part of that was all set up there was a there was a, a thing set up in, in Mexico where but, the there was a, a sort of clown college or whatever. What, and, and yeah, he ended up in that. But didn't wasn't that um, part
0: he trained with Jodorowsky in that? Yes, sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking hell. Yeah. That, um, imagine hmm. that must have been a mental scene. Do you know what I mean? Just
1: <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but that helped him say right. He understands what how to use the body to deliver uh, comedy okay. and how to. Yeah, to yeah. So for a lot of his writing, he, he put. He you know, understands what you know that the body movement is important, and that's why doing silent comics like he does is is, is a key thing. Yeah. And now, I can
0: imagine Gaines would love that because he doesn't have to pay a translator. Well, yeah, and it, yeah. it fits everywhere.
1: And. Part of the thing when he was actually getting into Madden, he's you know, producing more and more more pages for them, he was looking at some of the other work that they were doing, which included in the margins work that already existed, which was generally very just extra text that was put in and sort of wee signs of, of what's, what was, okay. you know, and arrows that were pointing to... Um, to the actual body of the page and saying look here's a, an extra pun or here's an extra mention or it's a cross reference into another movie or another tv show or something like that yeah and he pointed out to the to the editorship, look that that doesn't really work and it's partially and again i didn't know this until um studying for this was puns don't work in spanish
2: who knew <laughs> okay because of the right. type
1: of the, the way that they, they deal with language it's entirely you know it, so it doesn't really work so they were he was saying i, I just don't get most of these jokes that you're putting in, into the margin, I could draw them. The, the editorial ship said, "I well, know that that will never work. You can't get it small enough. You can't do you know that won't be able to, to to do something with that." And he said, "No, no can, let, let me try." And of course, he produced something in it. It was was accepted, and it was, and he said, oh, I'll just keep doing that." And he, he he did it for basically something like 400 issues straight that he did not miss of you know making sure that he was putting something into the margins of a lot of the main stories that yeah. were on there. To the extent that when they sort of did a sort of quick sum of, you know, how much has he been in the um, in Mad Magazine, they reckon there's something like 12,000 strips and wow. in the margins pieces where he's appeared in the magazine. <laughs> which is just utter madness in terms of you think of the volume that that, that revolves, given that he's also the person that's writing those things yeah. and drawing them. So it creates that that, that weird balance of, of having to to, to do it. Because um, he did the was it the sixtieth anniversary? He did
0: the fold out, didn't he? Um I don't own a copy of that book because I've only seen it on YouTube videos and stuff, but there's a fold out and in it is everyone who's ever contributed to Mad magazine. He drew wow. that. Yeah, mm. it looks amazing. Mm. Yeah.
1: So that that was his Mad career. Yeah. He also went on to do appeared in numerous books, um, working with DC, everything from the, the wonderfully titled Plop,
0: to yeah. Angel
1: and Ape, Young Romance. Um, I hadn't realised that he was actually he's credited as being one of the creators of backlash the, the no, Western, I never knew that. Western no, book right. the Western character. Um, he's appears as a guest artist in everything from, from Sable to Usagi to to even working on the on the Simpsons books. Oh, I know the um, Sable
0: one. It was the one where because John Sable's like pretend job was he was an he was a kids' book writer, wasn't he? And I think right. there's one issue which has almost like the characters come to life when he's on a in a he's got a fever or something. I bet that was him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, other things that he's done with DC as well were, were there's a, a miniseries called Fanboy, and um, yep. he was part of the solo project, which it, 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 it worries me to think that that was 2006. It, it only seems like yesterday. But yeah. Anyway, but the other thing, obviously, he's probably most famous for in terms of, of a character that he's created and, and ran with is, is Gru the Wanderer. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I love Gru. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Or the industry side joke for that is he's known as Grew the Wanderer, c- killer of comic book companies, because That's right. yeah. at different points in time, <laughs> the, 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 it was been published by Pacific, Eclipse, Epic, all of which went by the wayside yeah. shortly after Gru, Gru went on with him. Um, and of course it's now, um i spent some time with image but it's now sitting with dark horse oh they did the um, conan
0: and tarzan crossover ones is that right really? yes Sorry. that's sorcery right Sunday, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah so uh, yeah for those that don't agree is a um what part of that sword and sorcery set that was created at the the end of the 70s early uh, early 80s yeah. when everybody was doing parodies of of conan um whether it was service <laughs> yeah. or, or 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 whatever yeah um things that he's been recognised for is because he's won an array of awards
0: yeah
1: he's won a harvey award nine times he's won eisner's and um perhaps more, more importantly he's the the comic art professional society awards are actually named the sergios after him um and he even appeared as a head in a jar in, uh, in an episode of futurama oh, of course, is, yeah
0: um, he's done a bit of acting of as well hasn't he over the years
1: he appeared very in a little few mix, things. yeah yeah and and he appeared in a couple of the sort of laughing type um, programs right. that they used to do. You know, cool, uh, that's, that's where I remember it from. Yeah, States, yeah, yeah. Which actually meant that he has a relationship with a number of people. Um I'll not recount it now, but there is the story of how he reckons he killed Marty Feldman. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I was listening to this. And, too. <laughs> he he openly then,
0: says that though, doesn't he? He says, I think I killed Marty yeah. Feldman. Yeah, well, if you yeah. want to read
1: about it, it's a, you know, go find the, the copy of Soul that he produced for 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 DC, and he actually does the does his own story of it there. <laughs> um my, my personal, accidentally, um, by the way, it wasn't a plan. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the 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 my personal anecdote with with sergio yeah. as well that, that was possibly the best thing ever is he was at the lakes five years ago yeah it's a few years ago um, isn't it? i remember yeah and it, it's on it, well, 2017 there you go it, it seems it, you know the last two years don't count so yeah, yeah. um and so, so i got to meet him very briefly there and he complimented me on my moustache and you know, and Best that was kind. That was kind of, was kind of <laughs> all you really need, you know, to say. Well, if, if Sergio can compliment me on my moustache, then that, that that's fine for that. I mean, so that, famously
0: well, very friendly as well. I've met him, and he was oh, the, the sweetest yeah. guy, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: he gave you his cartoons or his, his part of his paper. Yeah, and he, yeah
0: did. he did. Yeah, and then I had to go try and find some soup for his missus because she wasn't well. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, he was such a lovely dude. And we, um, I, I, I won't recount it again, but we I went to this convention. Nobody was there, so I was like the only punter. And I was hanging about with a couple of, well, I was hanging about with Bob Fingerman, who's in, who's a later artist on MAD. And um, he, knows, he knows all of the creators, you know. So we were chatting to Peter Cooper, and, and one of the people we were chatting to was Sergio, and it was lovely. Got to have a coffee with him. Mm. What, what a nice dude. Yeah. I yeah. desperately want one of those leather waistcoats he wears. I don't think I could carry it off, but he's got that look about him, is not he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Such a cool dude. Yeah. Nice one, man. Good. You I I, you've I got, got a ske- you got, you got to sketch off him, surely, Al? I know what you like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I got a, a little groove. Ah, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. We should love him. Yeah. So that's part of the history of, of Sergio.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he is class, isn't he? And he at that same convention, he does. I think he he does it as a bit of a turn occasionally. He's got. It's almost like in the old days, it would have been a slideshow, but now it's obviously on no PowerPoint or something, you know. And it's pictures of the mad trips, um, hmm. and. All these dudes, you know, you got all the, you know, all the hardcore, you know, EC and uh, mad creators in their suit, you know, their safari suits in Kenya and all this sort of thing, you know, smoking and drinking cocktails and, you know, trying out the local, you know, cuisine. And um, you got Sergio in his trunks. <laughs> <All the time. laughs> yeah, good. that's a great, I wish he'd come over and do that talk. It was the best. Sometimes I sit in the audience at conventions a little bored. I'll be honest with you. You know, but this was just lovely, just the best thing. Yeah. Cool. And he he also does a very funny bit
2: about him being constantly mistaken yeah. or confused for Antonio Prohias, who did the spy V Spy cartoon yeah. for Mad for um I don't know, twenty five years or something like that. And Sergio's very funny about that.
1: And also the one well, the story there I... is that because, because Sergio couldn't speak English, he used him as, as his translator to for begin with. Oh, okay. And there was the thing that they would go around the, the office and they would just use that name with him. And he would go, no, Aragonese. <laughs> so every time they said that, he said Aragonese to the extent that he was convinced that most of the people in the office thought the word Aragonese meant thank you in Spanish. <laughs> because that's every time that he said that, he had to, to say Aragonese. And he, you know... So it sounded like he was just saying thank you every time that somebody spoke to him.
2: Yeah, so good. And did you see the Mark Evanier story about when he was was at a convention with Sergio and Sergio managed to get booked onto two panels at the same time and did both of them? (laughs) (laughs) Running
0: backwards and forwards between two convention halls. (laughs) That's great, yeah. Because he does grew with Mark Evanier. They're big friends, aren't they, I think? Mm. They are, yes. And and they're also big friends with Stan Sakai because doesn't Stan Sakai do the lettering or something like that is that right he does yes that's yeah. right yeah. he did yeah.
1: initially
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what a lovely bunch of people that is yeah yeah definitely cool now who did you want to have a little chat about Eamon well I can't remember who you said you're going to do now so I've I've picked Don Martin ah, yeah um and
2: Don Martin is the guy who produces He did 30 years he joined mad in 1956 which is when al feldstein takes over yeah and he produces these very weird but very sort of like distinctive looking cartoon characters sort of big bellies bulbous noses and i think probably best known for the sort of hinged feet these sort of like (laughs) flat flappy feet that hinge (laughs) over the shoes. almost are not they yeah clan shoes feet Yeah. yeah Um, He also does very recognisable sort of mad doctor figures with the sort of uh, reflecting mirror on the forehead and that sort of thing. And I'll come back to those in a moment. Um, So Don Martin, 1931 to 2000. uh, Interesting, a couple of things I didn't know about him when I started looking this up. He's one of these artists who's had eye problems or had eye problems for most of his life, which seems astonishing um and but also he's another one of these guys a bit like Crum, who we talked about last time who did album covers he did album covers right. for miles davis oh, and stan wow. Getz. yeah i know <laughs> um you look at his cartoon work you think you wouldn't get him to do an album cover but he did yeah um anyway he does he joins mad in 56 he sticks with them or he stays with them until 87 when interestingly he left over some dispute
0: with Gaines about royalties from paperbacks, would you believe? That's right. There was a fallout, wasn't there? They they do not really talked about much and everyone was like, what's happened? Where's he gone? Yeah. Ah. Um, He's also, I mean,
2: as well as his very distinctive figures, which I remember vividly from the 70s, he's also, I remember him, and I've got a couple of these collections here in front of me, Because he did quite a lot of the superhero parodies as well. Right. And he has these sort of saggy-bottomed Spider-Man or Superman. And um, he does all this weird stuff about, you know, where Spider-Man's webs might come from. from, Which is interesting because, obviously, in the latest Marvel movies, they keep making that joke about, you know, where these (laughs) webs come from. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, he does superheroes. He has his own superhero in Mad, which is Captain Klutz. Uh, it turns up quite frequently if you get the sort of uh, mad super special where they do comic book characters just a whole sort of collection of those there's a lot of Don Martin in there Um, and he like Sergio you know he got an Ignatz Award while he was alive in 1980 he was uh, he was in putting the eyes in the Hall of Fame in 2004 sadly after he's passed and interesting again I'm just looking up this sort of stuff um his characters he had he had very weird distinctive sound effects for his cartoons and he also would repeatedly call um he'd name some of his cartoon characters mr or dr foam bone and jeff smith takes to that name yes Ah. and puts it in bone uh he's also cited as an inspiration by The Simpsons and Futurama. There's another Futurama connection. And then the other one that I spotted recently, which I shared on our group, was that if you remember when Brian Bolland did one-page Walter the Wobot strips for 2000 AD, he has this mad doctor character in them, which is a a Don Martin doctor, Ah,
0: um,
2: which is astonishing. Um, so yeah, I might I might share some of those images when this comes out. Yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, Don Martin, those weird, wacky characters with the flappy feet. Um, <laughs> yeah. The tendrils of mad. We'll talk about this in a minute. I'm sure, are just incredible. You know oh, the yeah. stuff that they've affected. I will tell you, I was reading, I was listening to the. Uh, he's just passed, Sally. So God bless him, Gilbert Gottfried. There's he. He had. He was obviously friends with um, Al Jaffe and um Dick Debartolo who was who wrote a lot of stuff for for Al Jeffy and for Mort Drucker and a few other people and he had them on his show um, i think Gilbert Gottfried wrote one of the um he wrote the, one of the introductions to one of the collections or something so he he claims he's a he's a mad creator as well and he basically said to who was the most mad creator you know not crazy mad but who was the most in line with what mad is as an aesthetic and they both said don martin and uh, which I found yeah. interesting, um, but also um, Dick De Bartolo said um, also Don Martin was the least funny person he's ever met, which I just found it like so interesting. But he says that Don Martin never laughed, uh, right. ever. He never, never cracked a joke. Never laughed. Went on all the trips because he was so busy with Mad up until the period when I think he went to. Did he go to cracked? He went somewhere like that, didn't he? He went to the... He or was did, it Trump? Yes. Is it not, not Donald Trump, but Trump was the magazine that was coming out from uh, Playboy, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Like, that so was it. I, th- I think he might have gone there. But the he says the only time he ever saw him laugh is they were in Paris, and Dick, he was walking on the road with Dick de Bartello, and, and Dick saw this dog. He went down to pet it, and the dog tried to bite him, and he fell over backwards into the puddles. In, and he says at that point Don Martin couldn't stop laughing. In fact, he said he didn't stop laughing for the rest of the trip just that one thing and that's the only time incredible isn't it yeah
2: well it's interesting because i'm looking at his collections that i bought for this yeah and he he does have the distinctive talent that he draws funny everything he draws is hilarious to look at but you know we might come to this in a moment i think actually when you read them again his gangs are not that funny it's his drawings that really sort of spring off the page i think
0: we're going to tackle that question in a minute because I've got a theory mm. about it, which is something we started talking about. Let's let's get remind me in a minute, Al, because I know it's something you brought up Yeah, on yeah. the WhatsApp group. But um, I'm going to quickly talk a little bit about Mort Drucker, if you don't mind. So Mort Drucker, 1929 to 2020, born in Brooklyn. Um, he, he passed away when he was 91 years old. Um, contributed to Man for five decades. Um, his particular speciality, amongst others, was the TV and uh, movie satires that we've already talked about. And I promise you. Once you've seen his style, you will recognize it over and over again. He met his future wife, Barbara, whilst at the Erasmus High School. When 18, he worked on a newspaper strip called Debbie Dean in 1947, and which Will Eisner got him the job. I think it was a family friend. I think his granddad knew Will Eisner's dad or something like that. Um, Then he got a job at National Periodicals, aka DC Comics, retouching art for people. Um, And then in the early 50s, he got work at DC as a freelance artist applied for a job again at mad once again a bit like don martin when kurtzman had left and um interestingly during the interview uh, bill gaines said to him if the brooklyn dodgers win tonight you'll get the job but if they don't you won't get it um and they did win so he got a job at Mad magazine later on decades later gaines admitted he had probably given it to him anyway um also famous for working on the bob hope comic um at dc for quite a long time um there's a great interview um with him, I think is it Tom Kosh. I can't remember who it is he, he, he is now. And they're filming him, and his phone rings. They've said, "Oh, they they literally say to him, you turned all the phones off.'" And he went, "Yep, yeah. yeah, he didn't care." You know, you can see in his face. He's just this funny dude. He went, "Yeah," and then the phone rings. So he picks it up, and he says. He says, uh, what's he say? Don't ring me on this number again and puts it down just for a <laughs> laugh. And then the phone rings again and he picks it up and says, I can't talk to you. Um, they're filming my wife. And he hangs up again. <laughs> just, I Just just over and over again, it reminded me, these people just lived for the wind-up. I just mm. loved it. You know, they, they they lived and breathed just like joking. Um, one of the famous well, – I know uh, Eamon alluded to the lawsuit thing. One of the famous lawsuit things is um, – he drew this he drew the empire strikes back i think it was the empire strikes back and george, it was, yeah, yeah george yeah. lucas had um lucas films began the legal proceedings to sue them um at exactly the same time as george lucas rang up um uh bill Gaines and asked to buy the pages <laughs> so bill Gaines just wrote, like wrote a letter saying i think you better speak to george you know which is great um Michael J. Fox appeared on some American chat show and said that he knew he'd made it when uh, Mort Drucker drew him on the front of Mad Magazine, which is great. Um, yeah. The um, He speaks a lot about, if you see any interviews or listen to any interviews, he's an intensely interesting guy. You know, there's a, there's a real depth of skill to him. And he talks about the art of the caricature, um, which I'm feeling is a little bit of a lost art these days. I don't know if you remember... Um, when you come to London. But there used to be like a bunch of people around Piccadilly used to sit there and do caricatures and down yeah. down the edge of
1: Hyde Park it, and stuff, you know? The thing, now is I think that it's a lost skill because you've got so many apps on your phone that it can just yes. do it for you.
0: That's very true, man. Yeah, and um, he talks quite a lot about it. He says, look, the the whole of the caricature isn't just embodied in, you know, the nose and eyes and ears. You know, it's embodied in the way... He he, he says he, he tried to draw... One of the great skills of an artist, he says, is drawing the hands, and he spent years getting that skill and if you look at them now you'll see the character comes off in the way they stand and the way they hold their hands and everything and they are absolutely brilliant he wasn't the only um oh it's doing the satire caricature uh, movie and tv stuff you also had um angelo torres who i think is great um jack davis did some i think i sent you the the picture of Supergirl wearing a bra on her head yesterday um, which is a really good one um, a number of other people al jaffe did it And Tom Richmond, as well, um, is sort of taken over a bit in that role, who um, I've just ordered a print from, actually, very reasonable, from America, but uh, he's great as well. Um,
1: George Woodbridge did a few as well,
0: and he he was also really good. Ah, okay, right. Did you have any favourite ones that you've sort of come across while you've been going along, guys, or for that sort of satire stuff?
2: I I found some Bond
0: ones were good. Right, I'm looking at Adam West and... um
2: but Ward batman and robin caricatures at the moment which are fantastic as well yeah. uh he has that he has that caricaturist sort of thing of the slightly exaggerated head size which you know yeah. makes them very recognizable but as you say you talk about his hands
0: and yeah he clearly went away and studied and he's just you know yeah he nails it doesn't he so good there's, there's quite a few videos of watching him draw and they're just beautiful stuff um, just a quick mention of Angelo Torres because I, I, think, I think he's great as well um, started off as friends of Al Williamson in the 50s and was uh, used to hang about with the guys who were the, what were called the Flegel Gang which was um, Williamson, Roy Krenkel and Frank Frazetta his first story for EC was An Eye for an Eye um, which would have been published in 1956 but due to the Comics Code Authority it didn't actually appear till 1971 believe it or not um, and he worked on a lot of the... Um, horror and monster titles at atlas okay marvel um I, I looked up some of his strips that he drew he drew he drew the mash one which was called mashugana um he, he, a favorite of ours um Eamon, he drew billy jack as billy jock oh um, billy jack no <laughs> yeah. um shampooed um a favorite of mine crappy days um the brawl guy for the full guy um beverly hills cop out um the like i don't know how long it took him to think of this title robo crap 2 and uh, a favourite of mine, "Quandary Heap" for Quantum Leap, which is quite a cool uh, one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, thanks for that, guys. So let's go to that question you posed, Al. Of, is it funny? What do yeah. you think?
1: So, he, well, it's f- yes, it is. What? Yeah. <laughs> there's, it it doesn't. Uh, there's a bit of me going, is this comedy's never funny when you study it? Okay. Right. So yeah. we we there is a bit of us doing thats is, and isn't we're 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 not reading these books at the moment in the sense to be you know, to actually take the funny. We're 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 trying to study them. So it, yeah. it loses a little bit of that. I also think there's there's something about some of the collections here where if you read nothing but the 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 Sergio's short strips, one after another after another, it starts to get a bit dry okay you know because you see you're you're, it's losing the spontaneity of of reading it um and i I, i'm I'm taking a lot from this from a from personal creative perspective as to what i should be doing yeah bear in mind you're a guy who also
0: who puts out a daily gag strip. i can yeah i thought you would be the best person to come to around this one yeah yeah. Yeah. so
1: and there is that about saying yeah as a as a as a small quick hit boom each one of these things is, is kind of okay because it's meant to be there as the there's the two seconds and gone type thing Yeah. but if you start to go into it going and another one another, another you know it they, they they do start to just get a bit seemy or a bit boring in terms of or they become very predictable in terms of where the where the punchline is going to be
0: yeah i see what you're saying and what?
1: It, you yeah know, so i think there's a bit of that in, in terms of some of the ones i was reading yeah what what about have,
0: you eamon do you how you do you feel about that did it raise a chuckle or did you you know? So, I remember in the
2: 70s, we thought it was hilarious. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: um, I think there is that problem, as Al says, that when you study it now, when you get the collections now, I look at Don Martin's cartooning, and I think that is, that is just funny. He just draws funny. That's great. But the jokes aren't that great. Some of the jokes, of course, you know, it's, it's nowhere near as, sort of, as offensive as some of the crumb stuff we talked about in the last round table. Yeah. But some of the jokes, of course, you know, are dated um you know the the sort of african tribal witch doctor joke is now looks a bit yeah suspect and he used mm. that quite I was a showing lot. you
0: the race special that came out and
2: mm. yeah. yeah yeah
0: and i i got
2: i got a couple of paperbacks of the spy versus spy from antonio proyas and basically, when you start to read those one after another, you realise yeah. that for thirty years he was basically doing the same gang. Yeah. You know, oh, that, was, that was years. exactly the
1: same without being the yeah. that I, yeah, I like- think
2: Sergio. Sergio is is just funny. Sergio okay. is just funny. Whatever he does, you know, his stories, his drawing, his cartoons, um, his presence. He, you know, I think that is funny. But yeah, I think. Looking back on it, um, particularly if you study it in detail, it can look a bit sort of suspect. And, of course, as I said to you before, you know, a lot of the sort of American TV parodies um, we didn't get because we didn't get the show, you know. Um, So that, I suppose, stands out. But, yeah, I think it's that studying it it, with hindsight that can take some of the humour out of it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I actually... When we started this, and uh, uh, we're all complete comic nerds, aren't we? And very OCD, I'm sure. We all sort of threw ourselves into reading an awful lot of it. I thought, mm, I'm a bit. It doesn't. It, it's not raising a chuckle as much as it used to when I was a kid reading it on the school bus or something, you know. But yeah. the more I sort of got into it, I actually caught myself laughing out loud at something. Um, I think it was one of those um, Al Jaffee ones, which is. Um, sudden answers to stupid questions whatever the thing he does you know people say oh you know have you Mm. hurt your leg oh no it's just this shape anyway because you know this sort of thing you know Um, I I laughed at one of them but then again some of the stuff I'm still I still can't work out Dave Berg I'll be honest with you I still can't quite they're they're like just over the line of being a joke sometimes aren't they you know yeah Um, yeah uh,
1: I think some of it as well is just—it is a very dry humour that it's not yeah. actually meant to be. You know, as I said, the the one I, I talked about, but the the cigarette filters, where there is something like, I see, fifty different cigarette filters that it just keeps going on and on and on. Some of that, you, you know, there's a bit of me going, you've gone too far. You know, the joke was 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 ahead of this, and you've now, you know, you've now lost us. Um, and, and I do wonder as well. I'm not saying there isn't gold in here. There really is. Yeah. But is it just that there is so much of it and because they knew they just kept having to produce more and more and more that it's, you know, the, what the, the the nuggets of gold need to be dug for? Yeah. And it's almost like there isn't really, or everybody has different favourites in it. So when they've done best of collections or, or, or something like that, they try to cover all the bases. Yeah. Um, both of us, or all three of us are saying here's up. As kids, we found this a lot funnier than, than we do now. Do you think because we're, we're not in well, on they, the
0: joke then, did we, did we feel a bit more sort of part of the gang, part of the, you know... Because I do it take the Just that We're no out? longer
1: the, the, the target audience. Maybe. I mean, this is actually, yeah, yeah. you know... If you look at, in the same way that I'm sure we all went and read this week's Bino, we yeah. might not find it funny, but that's because it's not meant for us. So yeah. as long as the kids who are reading it are getting it and being having fun of it, it's fine. But as I say, it's just... It, it it's weird that we've all kind of come covered this differently now but i did pose a question in our group saying i just don't know if this is, is this as funny as i thought it was going to be yeah. yeah
0: certainly i think you're right though i think funnier than other stuff and um oh. the um i do like the quote from dave gibbons dave always cuts through the bs and then comes up with something clever he says mad was more influential in the 70s than lsd no genius I love yeah, that. That's... Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was influential on so much. I made a little list. You'll probably want to add to it just off the top of my head of stuff Animal House, National Lampoon, um, Viz, the Air Airplane Movies, um, The Simpsons and Family Guy. I've already had that. Um, Saturday Night Live, um, Mystery Theatre 3000, which clearly is just a, a movie version, you know, a video yep. version of what they used to do. And I would even put stuff like Zap. As influenced, I think Crumb himself said whenever he read Magazine magazine, he felt terribly inadequate, because um, because he said the skill level was so high in it. Um, yeah, there's so much going on in America that just comes straight out of Mad magazine almost. You know? Um, yeah. Anyone else you guys can think of?
1: I, th- I think it's about you know the other, the other comedians that have actually been influenced by it and yeah. moved on. I think you know. a lot of stuff at the moment going on about weird al yankovic yes i think he would you know it's and he was involved in 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 the book in a very small way but he clearly would have been influenced by it in in the first place yeah um and those those songs that he used to do and
0: stuff like that it could have easily just been off the page of mad
2: yeah definitely
0: Mm. um there's a few the the
2: satire of spitting image is similar and spitting image has the same mad phenomenon which is at first people are suing them for <laughs> yeah, using their image yeah and then as it's success builds people are starting to complain to them saying when am i going to be on it yeah you know when's a big it thing, my turn it? yeah yeah I mean, I, as you say, Michael J Fox
0: says, you know, I want to be on the cover of Mad. And then when I've gotten the cover of Mad, I know I've made it. Yeah. You know? And also yeah. completely non-partisan, a bit like Spitting Image. Spitting Image yes. would, would take the piss out of everyone who deserved it, never mind what part of the political, social, whatever, divide they are. And Mad Magazine was the same, wasn't it? Yeah, uh,
2: Yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah, which I kind of liked. I made a little list of some of the celebrity con- contributors who've, who've worked in it. So Chevy Chase, uh, like I said, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, Winona Ryder wrote something for it once, bizarrely. Um, Jason Alexander, Jim Lee's worked on it. I think he did some of the Batman covers around the some of the movies. Um, Steve Allen, Tom Wolfe, Richard Nixon got a credit in it, believe it or not. The only president <laughs> to have written for it is what Mad Magazine says. But what they did is I think they took some of his speeches and put them in. Um, Danny Kaye, Sid Caesar and Frank Frazetta as well. There's some real cracking people who've worked on it. Um not to mention all of all of the, the other people. Um oh, we should also mention Peter Cooper took over on Spy vs. Spy from earlier, um which is a great one. Um a little list of the um the editors, Kurtzman, fifty-two to fifty six, Al Feidstein, fifty-six to eighty-five, Nick Meglin and John Ficara, then kind of kind of managed it together or Ficarra stayed for a bit longer, and Bill Morrison um oversaw what is sadly kinda of the end of it, where it um you know it came it came to an end. Um One of the other questions I wanted to ask you guys is, um, is it political, do you think? Is it it something that would have shaped certain people, like Spitting Image did in a way, didn't it? We kind of remember some politicians, because of their puppets on Spitting Image, than their actual faces, I think, sometimes. Um, Do you think it influenced the political situation? There was that famous incident, isn't it, where they, did they print a draft dodging card or something and got sued by the FBI or got... A visit they got, the yes, FBI or something. they right? did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did.
2: Yeah, uh, how, they how to guide yeah. to, 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 to yes, they did. They published that. Yeah,
1: um, I don't think. It, yeah, I don't think it's as political as a spinning image was in terms of of that side of things. I think yeah. it's it did deliver messages that perhaps people would would feel in uh, going back to that influential thing. I think yeah. that there's there's a weird thing I suppose in the UK where we will you know if you ask almost anybody what was your first comic, they'll refer to something from DC Thompson and it's probably going to be either yeah. The Bean or The Dandy or something like that. Yep. And, and and quite often the, the American audience don't understand that because they never had the the same sort of weekly comedy book. But Mad probably actually does fit into that slot in that there's probably not a household in America. Or at least five years ago there probably wasn't a house in america yeah. that had never had at least one copy of mad in it yeah you know so it was always it was something yeah, that's why it had that you know and everyone recognized it as the brand if you like but they really knowing what that what that meant to them
0: yeah it managed to it's transverse like a sort of beatniks to hippies you know to the sort of punks yeah. you know all the way through it, it remained cool to every up and coming generation for many years i think um, which was a benefit. What about... The, a, go on, sorry. sorry there, I'm gone. Well, there is
2: a slight thing in that if we think back to the early part of the 20th century, we'd think of politicians as being very really sort of like slightly boring, grey men, because they were mostly men, Yeah. Um, but who just got on and did stuff, and we didn't really pay much attention. And then thanks to Mad Magazine and Spitting Image, they become figures of fun and parody and you know large to life buffoon characters and you know one of the images we've shared around with amongst ourselves recently of course is alfred e newman yeah with the trump hairstyle and the, the
0: red tie right. and the double thumbs up who well, i think it appeared uh, the most times on the cover of mad trump Wasn't right it five times i think and it's you know it does seem there that we
2: perhaps we do have politicians who sort of like play up the buffoon, the character, the personality. Really, I didn't know. Instead that, of getting, yeah. <laughs> <yeah, laughs> who instead of getting on with being the sort of boring sort of
0: grey people who would actually do the job. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. We've got we literally have cartoon characters as politicians now.
1: Yeah, you we know, do. It's yeah.
0: the the roles have reversed, haven't they? You know, it's incredible, isn't it? Let's mm. give a little rundown um on Alfred and Newman, but before we jump in. Um the for for those we've who have never seen Magazine Mad Magazine, get yourself a copy. Uh, I think the only thing available on, on Amazon straight away is the, the Trump Mad Magazine collection. I think you'll find right. it. Right. <laughs> um, um but he's um I don't know whether he's an adult or a teenager or a child. He's this sort of fresh faced, wide faced, his eyes are a bit lopsided and he's got a gap in his teeth and he appears on nearly all of the Mad Magazine covers, not everything. He didn't appear until um, later into the run. I think it was issue 21, I think. Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, never in, very rarely, almost never in profile. You nearly always have him front on or occasionally the back of his head. Um, I've got the first full appearance of him as issue 30, but I think he appears in the corner box of one of the one of the pages, on, the, on one of the front covers at one point. Um, he um he for a while he would put up to be the every time there was a presidential election they tried to get him nominated for a while didn't they as yes. um Alfred E Newman for president um according to Gaines now Gaines is one of these sort of I think he used to like to wind up interviewers but I think there is some grain of truth in this kernel of truth is um it was it was he got the picture of Alfred E Newman from a dentist advert in the late eighteen hundreds um. Which this is, is why, correct, yes, uh, yeah, which is why it's missing a tooth. Um, wow. yeah, and there's various theories about the origin of what me worry catchphrase. Um, and I think there may be a little bit lost to time, but I think that that phrase appeared on something he appeared on. They actually got sued another legal action, they got sued for copyright for using it, and the um, by a dude. And the judge says, No, you can't because this. This character's is, is from the eighteen hundreds. What are you doing claiming it's yours? So it's actually publicly owned. You can anyone can use Alfred E. Newman, which is is, is an interesting one.
2: Um There's a whole chapter on him in this book, in oh, my right. history
0: book I've got here. Yeah.
2: And you're quite right, Tony. It probably dates back to a character who appeared on dental um advertising in the 1800s for painless dentistry <laughs> and uh then the caption was me worry as in um, you know um i'm not going to worry about pain when i'm having my tooth removed and that's where the gap tooth grin comes from and interestingly in this book it suggests that the character and it's, it prints some of these posters and you can see the, the obvious similarities to okay. Alfred e. newman as we know him but it also suggests that a comic book character called the Yellow Kid may have been oh, based yes. on these posters. And anybody who's read a history of American comic books yeah. will know the Yellow Kid is sort of touted as the first comic book character. Yeah. So may the Yellow Kid in American comics may actually originate from Alfred E. Newman. Maybe the, the cousin sort of Alfred of E. Newman. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Actually, not called Alfred E. Newman initially. Was it originally called? There had a couple of names for him: Melvin Loznowski, uh, Melvin Sturdley, and they ended up on Alfred E. Newman because they were, they liked to wind up Al Feldstein because he was obviously, and it was it was a little bit of um a little bit of his name in there somewhere. Um, obviously, um Norman Mingo Mingo came in to draw him first, um, and then he's been famously drawn by you know some of the great Mort Drucker and Tom Richmond and various other people. He actually had there was actually a female Alfred, a uh, f- female Alfred E. Newman called mox uh, say this properly moxie kowsnowski um aka kind of alfred's girlfriend we're not really sure i always taught him thought he was a combination of someone who knew everything he knew everything that was going on and a bumbling idiot he kind of Sometimes I look at him and I think he's just looking at the reader because he knows that he's taking the piss out of whatever, you know, standing in front of Trump or whatever it was going to so be. I thought, thought
1: you were back to describing our, our, some of our politicians there. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, yeah, yeah. No everything well, and
0: nothing. Yeah, he kind of, it, what do you think? How do you see him?
1: Yeah, well, Yes, I suppose that the other overlay I put is he's is, is the Forrest Gump yes. character in uh, some ways. He's the Zelig, isn't Matt, he? yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he yeah. can appear with everybody and anybody, but probably doesn't quite know why he's there. But that's you know, it's just that's how he's ended up next to them. Um, and, yeah. yeah, who knows? Maybe there was something in the in the writing for Scumble that that, that took that. But it but it is it, it becomes the the quintessential image. or that everybody knows the character, and, it, and and you know,
0: it's almost all of our first exposure to proper satire. You know, it's almost the face of satire in a way, isn't he? You know. Yeah. Long before we yeah, discovered proper you know, what you yeah. know, literary fat satire. We sort of we understood him. We understood his face, was taking the piss out of whatever he was present in on, you know. And they use his face in really cunning ways. I saw the bit I saw one which was I think I've got cocoon or something, the 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 parody of cocoon. And it's just his face in that little egg in the sea, you know. Thing that's there, mm. just clever stuff. But also yeah, one I thing think I should...
1: the Batman special next to me, where he's in in the bean um, mask. Oh be yes, sort of him, yeah. him underneath. It. Yeah, 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 I
0: remember that one.
2: Um, Yoda with the face of Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, strangely yeah. fits, yeah. doesn't yeah. it That one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, now they also faced allegedly, according to Gaines, faced a letter um, from someone who complained that Alfred E. Newman was based on them, and it was apparently Prince Charles. Now, Prince Charles, apparently, according to Gaines, this is Gaines again. I love him so much. He 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 rips off the, he tells this big story about how I got this letter from Prince Charles, and it was signed Charles P, and it was saying, you know, this is me, get rid of it, or something like that, you know. And I think the interviewer said, have we got the letter? He got, still got the letter, and he says, I gave it to someone, and I don't know where it's gone. But he rolls this story out all the time about getting this letter. From, I'd love to know if it was true. Yeah, I'd love to see that letter, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. But he was very specific about the signature, Charles P. I don't know how Prince Charles signed You've had a couple of letters from him moment. I you must know, I'm sure.
2: Well, Prince this is... book uh, does actually print the letter, print a oh, copy does. The Oh wow. Charles okay. P, yes. Oh, right. uh, All yeah. oh, yeah, right. yeah. Yes. Uh, and he also prints the picture of a ten year old Prince Charles looking remarkably like Albert E. <laughs> Newman. <laughs>
1: That's brilliant. Yeah, so yeah. Charles, Charles' relationship with the goons and all all that yeah. sort of stuff. I would have thought he, if, if it was him, he would have, who would own up to it and just actually own it. I would have thought. Yeah, but uh, be a, they asked his office
2: in later years and got a, got a straight no comment. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, we wish we had. You said wish we had done it. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just going quickly back to the political thing, I, I just like to point a couple of things out that I, I read. I think there was certainly waves of politicism in it. I think we had Hawks and Doves, which was an Al Jaffe story about pacifism. Did you ever read that one? It didn't appear loads. It was about a general or a colonel and a sort of private. And every issue, it was a one-page gag, every issue was the private managed to do something to do the old CND sign. So uh, he would be right, told yeah. to organise all the dustbins in the yard, and if you looked at them from overhead, it'd be the CND thing, and it always ended up with yeah. the colonel chasing him. You yeah. know, so I think there were, like the draft card thing we had, I think there were elements of political, you know, political stuff. But
1: they were spy never spy versus spy. Was meant to be that whole ah, Cold War element, wasn't of course, it? Yes, yeah. it was. Yes, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah,
0: but it was never on the nose. It was never no. I don't know. It was, and as you say, it was. It was like spitting
2: image. It was non-partisan. They were, yeah. they were equal opportunity satire and parody. They would have a go at everybody, um, and they would have a sort of general, sort of slightly counterculture. Um, you know, we're pro peace. We don't believe in all this sort of excess militarism. Yeah, yeah,
0: interesting. Yeah.
2: Isn't it? They, they were. They were the usual bunch of idiots. Were actually, for the most part fascinating and interesting um, people you probably all like to have a drink with
0: oh, i'd love kind of to imagine. i'd love to just hang out in that office mm. it just looked brilliant yeah, yeah. um a couple of other things before we, we go on to our um uh, bucket list casting type thing fantasy casting D. There was there's there's been various editions of it throughout the world. Some some I think Australia picked it up for four years and picked it dropped it picked it up for another four years later. Um, UK it ran from 1959 to 1994 and as we said, Deskin Skin was ed- edited it for a while um, and that that had a number of UK soaps and UK sitcoms at the time. Um, Cracked was a competitor as was Crazy, um, not Brand Eck which obviously had John Severin in it. Plop which you mentioned a minute ago. Out and National Lampoon magazine as well which I think was more article heavy. And a little bit saucier, but certainly it was in competition at the time. um, And stole a bit of its thunder, I think, when it moved over into other mediums. Um, Other ventures. um, There was a short-lived radio and um, musical versions. There was an off-Broadway show called The Mad Show. Um, There was various attempts, a number of which you can find on YouTube. I think I sent you one of them, which was a sort of quite a creaky old-looking cartoon. Yes. yeah, Um, Which just variously didn't take off. They would often just go off to a studio and like make a song up and stuff. Um, and they, I think they were, they did love a bit of music. There's the famous musical episode, which I think did Gershwin sue them, some famous sort of stage, mu- you know, musical guy, because they they made up words for song for already existing songs. Like, oh, was it
2: East Side movie. Story that they Something got like into trouble with Bernstein? I think. That's right. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, they did their
2: version east side, east side story yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah i think a, a lot of the time they, they were successful and a lot of the time it involved william gaines writing a letters of apology trying to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um they actually made a movie called up the academy which was when they sort of post animal house movies um it's i've not i've not seen it um i think it's on youtube it's pr- it's apparently awful um and um after the, sc- the the cast and crew screening, Gaines asked that the their name be taken off it and they said well, it was too late. So I think successfully later on, they did their name taken off it when it went on briefly onto DVD. There's, a, there's an interesting story about um, a character called The Phantom, who when um, the office was at Lafayette Street, kept breaking in um, and stealing stuff. And um, Gaines called him The Phantom and he even paid two local kids to stay in and keep an eye on it. And they bottled it when the bloke broke in and sold stuff. Um, but it was part of the reason that they moved to Madison Avenue because um, Gaines didn't feel safe in the building. But he decided to call him the Phantom. And they, interestingly, they almost pulled a Doc Savage and almost moved the Empire State Building. How cool would that have been?
1: Wow, that been great. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. cool. Um, I thought we could have a look. So w- the other thing I sort of um, challenged you with is a bit of a bit of fantasy casting. So the the question was if. Um, Sadly, Mad is now in kind of in most almost completely in reprints. I think it might have a few fresh covers on it. Um, but if you were going to cast people to do it now, you know, not being able to use any of the previous people, who would you go with? Um, do you want to go out first?
1: Yeah, so I realized that when I was starting to put this list together, I was um, generally just going through either. Uh, artists or, or, or phoenix artists so okay. people like nigel parkinson yep. laura howell and um, adam murphy and um, kev smith uh, kev um, sutherland who yes yeah is somebody that still does does caricatures but thinking thinking broader than that uh, the other people that I'd perhaps bring in is one would be stevie white who goes by the artist's name of streff who does okay. some stuff for um for viz and um, he does the the windsor's Strip for them, okay. um, and then I would bring in somebody like Tom Gold, who is yeah. a, a comic book artist who works for both the Guardian and the New Moon Scientist and, and stuff like that. He did yeah. new yeah. and yeah. Um, Goliath, which is is, is is a wonderful book. Yeah, um, and a lot of his stuff is is really simplistically drawn, and that's really doing it a disservice um But it, 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 he he pairs things down and down and down to keep it really simple. So he could actually take over some of the margins work in some ways because of the way that it would be really short. Yeah,
0: it'd be him. perfect, wouldn't it? Um, yeah.
1: so. And then my, my left field one, purely because I know he's somebody that's actually really good at getting likenesses of people, um would be Chris Weston. Okay. In that, He'd I do I some think great could...
0: Alfred e. Newman's, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah but
1: I, fully in terms of the painting side of things as well but if you ever look at something he, he's done lots of poster work of of um like the prisoner and uh, and various other ones in like my that. hallway That where,
0: pro, prisoner posters yeah there you go yeah
1: and it's you know he's so, purely because he's somebody who could capture the you know a good likeness of of film stars or tv stars yeah. with, with somebody doing the comedy writing with that i think that would would be a would be an alternative
0: yeah, that's a good shout, I think, Weston, actually. And I think worth re mentioning is the effect that a Mad Magazine undoubtedly had on Viz. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd have had Viz in quite the same way as we do now without that, especially the fake advert stuff, you know, the Al Jaffe influenced fake advert stuff that you see in, in Mad Ma- in, yeah. um, Viz Magazine. Yeah. You know, very influential, I think.
2: Yeah. Um, what about you, Eamon? Well, uh, just mentioned Viz Magazine. I'm sure Dan Butcher is probably shouting <laughs> at his phone now with a list of Viz artists yeah. who would probably be in. And I'm sorry, I sh- you know, I'm looking forward to the Never Iron Anything episode on Viz
0: with Dan. Oh, um, I think there should be a, a Mega City one. I think you'd be... That oh, way. right. <laughs> you wouldn't get any angry letters that way, would you? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. Um,
2: I, I mean, I've gone... I think Tom Gould's a great suggestion. Yeah. Is he the one who did You're All Jealous of My Jetpack as well? Yes, yes, I think that's right, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, I mean, I've stuck with British people. I think in 2000 AD, there's Cat Sullivan does the little droid live cartoons uh, yeah. in the front page of 2000 AD um, some weeks. So I think those sort of those sort of robot-y cartoons might be quite fun. I was thinking of political cartoonists and I'm, for some reason I've sort of well, I, well, I'm going to say for an obvious reason, I'm very Guardian <laughs> orientated. So I was thinking of Steve Bell,
0: okay, and I like Martin Rouse, really. I love them both. Rouse um, great. In fact, Rouse and I had a coffee with Peter Cooper and Rouse at that same event. So he there definitely knows them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking of people who've had coffee with Tony, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. which is a
2: list but yeah, yeah.
0: No, nobody's done any crack one... cocaine with me that'd be out of the water but yeah coffee's no. fine okay yeah you will cut that line uh <laughs> don't do drugs stay
2: in says Tony. Um and chris riddell
1: sorry w- was the, the pun crack, well. crack that line the or yeah. was it, worthy I mean, of just worthy just of it. man magazine yeah. now
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 i knew you'd have that i knew you'd get it <laughs>
1: that was eamon's got a
0: sound effect <laughs> what was the name you were saying there was it Chris Riddell or Chris Riddell yeah. the other political sort of cartoonist
2: um, who does hes I think he does a nice line work he, uh, you know he's quite funny in his drawings but also very political as well yeah um, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. All the sort of, and you know, um, as I say, uh, from the pages of 2000 AD, Viz, and uh, The Guardian, you could probably staff a British version of Mad Magazine. Yeah, Um, I think you. Chris Weston's a great shout actually, because he does do nice facial caricatures and parodies, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is a good shout. Um, What about you, Tony? Who's going to meet your all-star lineup? So I've got a few. the Al Jaffe of the. Um, to replace Al Jaffe, I'd have Joe Dator, D A T O R, who's a New Yorker cartoonist, but also does collections of his work similar to the stuff that we, you know, the paperback stuff we've been. like. It's more sort of one panel gags, but definitely got that humour. I've got to hang about with him, and he's, he's a great cartoonist. Um, I gifted a, a copy of his book to um, John Tucker recently because he just so reminded me of John is that sort of that sensibility. I think John would also be great. I think he would be a good one. But the other ones that I come up with was um, Evan Dorkin. Um, and, you know, his one-page milk and cheese stuff. Milk and cheese, yeah. Yeah, to me mm. would be very like something you'd find in, in Mad Magazine. Um, for the Sergio role, um, I decided on, I took took the avenue of speaking to Stephen Appleby. Um, yeah. who did Dragman. And uh, stuff. Watch this mm-hmm. space, actually, because we were meant to. I was meant to do a show with Stephen about six months ago, but he he tested positive a couple of days beforehand, or either that or he drew a line on the the test just to get rid of me. You know. Yeah. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah. So I've got. So I think. I think he would do the in very different to Sergio, but quirky, and has same as Sergio has a funny style to his art. It's funny. Do you know what I mean? Just looking at it, make you know. It's got mm. real character to it. And then I was trying to think who would I want to do the Tom Richmond, Mort Drucker, Angelo Torres, Jack Davis thing. And I couldn't really think of anyone until I decided that money is no option. And Frank quietly could do it. Oh, right. Because he has that sort of, it's not a caricature style, is it? But it's a very, um, I don't know, stylized style is the wrong kind of phrase. But you know what I mean? the, The faces are stretched and the bodies are, you know, often quite peculiar and you know, he, and he, he has,
1: any his background that he has been in a comedy course. before, when he when he did the Greens, that's it. What was that, was that was in? A, was it Oink? oink? Um, no,
0: Electric Soup. That's it. Yeah, it well done, well remembered. Um, look, at, look at the brains on our side. Which, yeah, so the yeah, pa- yeah, yeah.
1: parody yeah. of the brooms,
0: um Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, there there were my ones. Um, and one last so, gone, on, mate. Sorry, can you
1: No, so, so just to so be clear, so yeah. you were both asked to to list artists to do. Comedy strips in a new Mad Magazine. Yeah. Al Henderson. (laughs) (laughs) Goes without saying. He's had coffee with Tony.
0: (laughs) 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 That was just in the nick of time there.
1: Just in the nick of time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Penguin is a
0: natural. Ah, oh.
1: for, <laughs> for the marginal. No, 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 no. You, you had could... your chance. You had your chance. Right, grumpy guts.
0: You could do a penguin <laughs> folding. That would be my pitch. Get on that. <laughs> um, um, good yeah. stuff. And my final question is to you. Now, this isn't. It's purely in Mad Magazine terms. So Mad has a certain aesthetic, doesn't it? I know everyone's very different, but it has a certain mood to it, which we've sort of covered ourselves in and swum about in for the last few weeks. Who to you was the greatest mad creator? If you have to choose one to, to perfectly describe your feelings about mad and who, you know, if you someone said to you mad magazine, who would be that person who would pop into your mind? Who would it be? Sergio Aragonez. Sergio?
1: Yeah. I would Don Martin, actually. I'd go the other way. He's, oh, there we, we go. He's he's reversed. Reversed. We've, we've swapped. yeah, <laughs> but, yeah.
0: yeah. Do you know, I was going to say Don Mine as well, and then I think I'd probably say Mort Drucker because of the cover work as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because it's like reading the best anthology ever, isn't it? Until, obviously, DUI too. But um, it's like (laughs) that, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Put um... those three on
2: the mad Mount Rushmore with
0: William Gaines. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Yeah, yeah, totally right. Good stuff. That was good. That was a lot of work went into that one, guys.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah
0: thanks for that yeah i'm re- um, really pleased yeah that was really fun um as a little payment because i obviously don't pay you in anything other than love the uh we'll talk a bit about your your personal projects as well um uh let's start with you this time a so what have you got going on i've just listened to your outcasts i love that series why isn't it reprinted very good i'm yeah. gonna so
2: Outcasts is a dc 12 issue maxi series from the late 80s by John Wagner, Alan Grant, and Cam Kennedy. And I'm going to ask John Wagner at the Lawless Comic Convention in Bristol uh, why it's never been reprinted. I expect yeah. John will probably give me his, you know, very sort of dry Scottish wit. I the dower. Yeah, yeah dower, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and just say it didn't sell. Um, so I've done an episode about Outcast. I've got episodes coming up about Jaeger by okay. Gordon Rennie and uh, Simon Colby. Uh, I've done an episode with um, Friend of the Pod, Richard Sheaf about oh, nice. that wonderful Masters of British Comic Art by David Roach and that's coming up in a few weeks time Great. Um, and yeah and that's it I know we're on my other podcast, British Invaders we're doing, I can't remember what we're doing we're doing War of the Worlds and I've just, I've just today taken delivery of a very saucy looking British TV version of Dracula which is uh, okay, who's in that uh, one? yeah That's the Mark Warren one. That's the one from about 15 years ago, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Mega City Book Club cracks on, British Invaders cracks on, and it's in the sort of, you know, talking about the anthology DUI 2, drawn under the inference to a comic produced by the awesome comic podcast Drink and Draw Community. It's in the sort of quiet phase at the moment where everybody's beavering away and I'm sitting waiting for um stuff to come in uh a certain al henderson was first yeah first he, through the
0: gate yes first through the gate with the completed piece so there you go good stuff man i can't wait to see it it's i like to i, I often think this phase is fingers crossed we're halfway that's kind of yes. how i think of it sometimes you know <laughs> yeah 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 good stuff yeah. can't wait to see that and um you're going to be at lawless um we're going to be there i think we're just on there we're, we're going to be there on the saturday um and you and i were going to be, is it we're going to do one of those sort of fight fight runs to get to simon davis's table to buy the art that he's going to be selling that day there yes we are yeah and to see who can get him a coffee first Tony <laughs> yeah. will probably win that one yeah <laughs> or oh, you're buying a page yeah 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 because yeah, that's um if it's anything like the previous pages we bought it's extremely recent. is it thistlebone i'm thinking of the name of it thistlebone, yeah. thistlebone yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 which is a book i talked have about you... with you on your podcast is that right exactly yeah, yeah. yeah
2: certainly yeah you came on the podcast and did thistlebone yeah yeah it's great
0: have, yeah, you, have yeah.
1: you seen some of the um portraits that he's done the this national portrait oh, gallery
0: man. exhibition yeah yeah, yeah I so i want to see that it's a, it's just where, where is looking. that on show do you know guys
1: is it, I, I, is it I, Central what, somewhere
0: it, yeah i thought it was <laughs> the national portrait gallery but i will check while you're talking with al
1: okay because i'm
2: his projects i'm off to, <laughs> to see the the Dillon dylan
0: i'm off to see the glenn dylan exhibition tomorrow with a buddy so if it is nearby i might pop in there
2: oh uh, right okay
0: Yeah, that looks great. Yeah, really good. We will WhatsApp you the details. Thank you very much. Very kind of you. Um, So get on that, Megacity Book Club. Where can they find you online for that, Eamon? Uh, Megacitybookclub.com
2: or on Twitter at MCBC Podcast, and you'll find all the details there. And uh, hopefully later this year, that very sort of same platform we'll be promoting
0: a comics anthology yes uh, encouraging
2: you to buy that and uh, donate money to cancer
0: research cancer research that's who we've gone with isn't it good, yeah, good. yeah yeah good yeah. stuff man yeah as over to alan alan, alan e newman the uh, what um what have you got going on it, penguin home?
1: powers on it's uh, <laughs> you know yes we're every every month I know. We talk this. So i'm now 75 pages into the next book um though as i say having yeah. read some of these these books recently and gone is are they just a heavy drag when when people no. read my books i don't i don't know it's yeah, but, but i think that's what i'm always saying about people they, they should be pick up read a little bit and put it back down again it's not you've got to do a don martin parody
0: um, somewhere you know Penguin
1: book. Um, I, I might try this folding. Oh yes. I, thought, I don't think I've, I've done one of those. I'm just have to think about what um, what to do with that. There's there's probably to do that every month. Must
0: it have been so difficult to come up with something, mustn't it? You know. I,
1: yeah, I'd, I'd love to know as well. How did you? What did he do with the actual original bit of paper? Did he did he draw the two bits that were folded together and then yeah. cut them up and push them apart and then put another bit of paper in between or or, yeah. or what? You know, um, there must be must be something like that. So no, I, I'm I'm doing that as I say. Um, it, it, we we per on with our with our with our, our daily production, um, and as you see, I've done my bit for DUI. So hopefully it um, it passes the editorial muster. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's in. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here. You <laughs> had coffee with Tony. It's in. <laughs> And, and beyond that, it's it's starting to get ready to get back on the treadmill of, of events. As yeah, um, yeah, there seems to be about seem to be signed up for about six or seven in the near. <laughs> well, future. I've got I
0: might have some news to you, for you in a minute about. Uh, we'll do. We'll wait till we finish about Nottingham. That should be quite interesting because cool. I know all three of us are yeah. going to be there for that, aren't we? Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Um, but now, so but I've, there's a there's a local event, local makers market taking place in Bathgate in a, in a couple of weeks' time, and then okay. Glasgow Comic Con is on the the fourth of June. Oh, coming up um, soon. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. So those are those are the things on the immediate horizon. And um there's one or two other things kicking around in the background as well.
0: When I was at Portsmouth, I think I was chatting to Chris Imber, and we both had independently said, it feels like we're back home again, you know, at a convention. Yeah. It just felt right somehow. Um, a little too packed in, that one, I'll be honest with you. But, yeah, it was it was okay. And the other thing I wanted to mention to you, man, you got a very favourable review. Um was
1: it on Broken Frontier for your the anthology? It, it, well, or the anthology as a whole but a very yeah. So and the, you got a nice um, little
0: mention in it, didn't you? I think.
1: The, yeah, the um, that comic smell two anthology that's been out for three months now. Four yeah, months? I reckon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it, it got nice to review there, and no, it, it's it's been amusing that there's been two or three other reviews that they've had posted around, and, and it's always the King of the One-Liners page gets, yeah. gets called out so i'm i'm quite shocked about that because it's like that's the uh yeah that's it's the, nice if, man it's, it's a great idea then gets called out and it's um it's, it's, it's yeah. a good thing just to get its recognition yeah i mean it's that mad. that's a mad page isn't it
0: yeah it really is <laughs> yeah yeah no great it's, stuff yeah really. i
1: suppose that, that is my closest thing as in trying to do that the different styles
0: great stuff mm-hmm. and where can we find you online dude and where can we buy your books
1: just search for at Pendeguin on, on any form of social media, and that will take you to our Pendeguin page, and um, the links to the shopper will be directly from there on Etsy.
0: On Good stuff. I am going to pimp my own stuff. I know I don't often do it, but um, Tribute Press is on our world tour beginning in about three weeks. So um, we will be at TCAF, myself and Adam, um, in Toronto. Um, free entry, come and find me. I'll be at the No Brow table, and, um, from, apart from in the evening when I'll be in the bar. And Adam will be at the Strangers table and we'll have our books with us there. And from there, we're flying down to North Carolina to Heroes Con, um, which we have a table at. So come and find us at, I think we're in Artist Alley for that one. I haven't got the table number yet, Um, where where we will be with Mr. Cumber. We're also sharing an Airbnb with Mr. Cumber. So God only knows what's going to happen, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, mm. it's and based yeah. On the last
1: drink and draw, let, let's just hope that doesn't have a swimming pool. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. It has got a swimming pool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not right. going in that yeah. after after he's been in there for any amount of time. But yeah, yeah. Well, so let, let's
1: just see if people people want to know more. They need to join the drink and draw more regularly to, oh. to find out the uh, yeah the habits of, cumbot three thousand. <laughs> I was yes. I was having
0: a chat with um Ian Ian um, Ian Ascroft, at um at Portsmouth, and we were just laughing over it. It's just so funny. Ian's missus was there, and she was saying, "All I could hear was you shouting, at people." I said, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Sorry about that. But yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So come and find us at one of those conventions. Um, we um, we were hoping to have the second volume of the Hall Chronicles out. It doesn't look like it's going to be out in time for that one. But we have got a Tribute Press special anthology coming out for that. Um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tease one of the stories which Adam's working on at the moment. It's called Cockbiter. So that should be fun. We haven't got a title for it But yet. of course
2: it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so we'll see what happens there. And um, the final shout-out is to give um, That Comic Smell a little shout-out because they hit their 100th episode this week, which they did um, 100, 100 issues. So they did um, issue comics. Yeah, hundred. congratulations. And they very kindly gave us a shout-out. And um, I think we've had all but one of their hosts. Not all of them Scottish. I need to speak to you about this, Alan. Um mm-hmm. The um we've had all of all three out of four of them on this show and I'm coming for the fourth one you, you watch out. So um yeah, big congratulations to those guys. I love that show. I was listening to it only today, actually, funny enough. Um but and thanks for the shouting there guys. Um cool. That was a good one, and we went long again. I knew that'd happen. Um but yeah, I really That's like That's right, this it's a big subject, seventy big years. That. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Thanks guys, and uh, we shall keep chatting after this, but we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Thanks for that. Cheers, bye.